And we are super psyched to welcome our newest sponsor, Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest best source for premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle, that's West Seattle, or Portland stores. You'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. I know because I'm in there a lot. Grab a cup of coffee, swing on in, don't spill your coffee, and check it all out. And now if you use code TOURSTORIES10, you can get 10% off at thunderroadguitars.com. Yes, that's me playing guitar. Hello, big news from our friends over at DistroKid. They now have an app. This app works on iOS and Android, of course, and it's available in the Apple Store and Google Play Stores and all the stores where you buy apps. Go check it out. It's got a lot of cool features. You can upload new releases. You can get notified when you've earned royalties. Awesome. You can withdraw from the app via push notifications. A little dangerous for me, but rad. Anyways, go check it out. It's all at distrokid.com app. And don't forget, you can still get 30% off your DistroKid account by going to distrokid.com VIP slash tour stories. Have a great one. We continue to celebrate our friends and partners over at Isotope, and we got some big news for you. The gold standard of audio repair, RX11, is coming in May. In the meantime, you can buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. Tour Story listeners get 10% off by using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All at isotope.com. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hello, Tour Story listeners. Thank you for your continued support, and welcome to Season 4. I'd like to take a second to thank our friends and sponsors over at Isotope. Here at Ruinous, Chris and I rely heavily on easy-to-use tools like RX and Ozone for all of our audio repair, mixing, and mastering. Now, Tour Story listeners can get 10% off Isotope plugins or try Music Production Suite Pro for free for 30 days using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. To get your discount and check out all of their easy-to-use products, go to isotope.com slash ruinous. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com slash ruinous. And use code FRET10. And thank you for listening. Hey, Cedric. Hey, Jeff. How are you? Good. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. What's the haps? Where are you? Uh, I'm in my apartment in Montreal, in Canada. All right. Yeah. Is it getting wintry there yet? It's so wintry. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, it just kind of... It. I mean, I feel like it usually happens like this. It just... All of a sudden, it, it is winter, and you just... You know, you, that's it. But yeah. um, yesterday, we had some pretty, like, horrible weather. Like, it was a warmer day, but it was really slushy and crazy windy. Like, so mm. windy that... Last night, my glasses got blown off my face onto oh. the street and almost got run over by a car. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of wild. Actually dramatic. Yeah, it was the weird <laughs> way to end the night. <laughs> How long have you been in Montreal? Did you grow up there? Or? Not at all. Uh, I've been here, like, I, I moved here 2016 
and then mm -hmm. moved away for a year and then moved back been here five four or five years something like oh, that. oh okay yeah did you grow up in canada no uh i'm born in niger uh in west mm. africa and um i'm adopted and uh my parents both had jobs that kind of took us around the world so it's like kind of two three year maybe four year contracts doing international development work um and so we lived in a bunch of different countries and uh my oh. sister's born in vietnam and is also adopted so yeah like did definitely didn't grow up in canada <laughs> yeah in your memory what was your favorite childhood country uh i don't know i think maybe we lived in the netherlands and that was nice mm -hmm. um and so in kenya and those were like 12 to 15 and then 15 to 17 years old yeah, those um, are important years yeah i think it has more to do with the what you're doing versus where you yeah. are yeah um but yeah living in holland was nice because it was kind of the first time that like we could kind of leave the house without having somebody with us <laughs> oh right <laughs> you know what i mean yeah yeah well how's it feeling in montreal is it opening up? Are people going out? Is it closing back up? How are you feeling about the vaccination rates, et cetera? I think vaccination rates, I think, um, I can't remember. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the percentage is, but I think it is quite high. And uh, it's weird because it does feel like everyone is kind of just going out and doing the things that they like to do, which is really nice. I kind of have a feeling that maybe things will have to be maybe partially closed down or there'll have to be sort of like more stringent guidelines on how people have fun <laughs> in the yeah. next few yeah. months, especially, you know, we're getting deep into winter here. So people are inside all the time now. So it's just the threat of spread is so much easier, but yeah, like, I don't know. I'm, I've gone out to a few shows, I've gone out to a few restaurants, but uh, trying to keep it fairly conservative generally. Yeah. I went out last night mm -hmm. uh, to a rock show and, um, before we went to a restaurant that was probably a 20 capacity restaurant oh okay it's not bar cheap. and it there was probably 25 people in there i mean it was like packed <laughs> 20 and, and, 20 seems like a reasonable number yeah but it still feels packed if you haven't been out in a long time yeah, yeah. ultimately it's it just feels uh like the floodgates are open and people might not be ready to to get the rain back. Go backwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the reality. I mean, it's tough. I mean, I obviously don't want it, but if that needs to happen to save lives, then I'm perfectly fine with that. I sure. like, I don't, yeah. I can't like get on board with like that uh, debate, you know, of, like, right. it's like, well, it's not, no one wants to do this. <laughs> like yeah. it benefits nobody. <laughs> the fact um, that you would even have to start a debate yeah. with that phrase. It's yeah. like, oh God. But, um, but yeah, like, I don't, I think capacities here are pretty much like full on now. Um, I played a show last night and we did keep the capacity to like almost half of what it normally would be or like, yeah, a bit more than half of what it would be. And that felt like insanely packed. <laughs> well, how did the um, involuntary live performance break treat you some people mm -hmm. i've talked to it brought a little solace and, and a, a a moment to consider better things in life perhaps other people have just been stressed the whole time how did it affect you how'd you deal with it i was definitely stressed the whole time i'm still very stressed yeah. um more so just about life in general and luckily like i have a day job that i was able to keep and and still have mm. so that was lucky 
for me but uh like i yeah i was going to go it's weird like everybody canceled their tours uh that i know like because of covid right around that yeah. period in march of last year i couldn't go on tour i was supposed to go on tour with my friend squirrel flower who lives in chicago now and uh she invited me for like six or seven shows on the east coast and it was my first time playing in the states i was really or like you know going on tour in the states i was really excited and I couldn't go because my visa wasn't ready on time, not because of the right. pandemic. Jeez. And the only show that was canceled because of the pandemic on my sort of run with her, like a bunch of her, sh the rest of her tour got canceled, but just the last show of my run got canceled. So all the, mm -hmm. like I could have easily gone. And then I got my visa a month later <laughs> when everything oh, shut man. down. It made no sense. Um, and the border was closed. <laughs> Um, so that's how the pandemic started for me. <laughs> so I was just already stressed about like all this money, you know, the, I don't know how much, you know, American music fans know about how much visas cost for bands. Um, but it's like, uh, what is it? 460 us, uh, just for the visa itself. But then on the Canadian side, you have to be part of like a union, like your provincial union which is part of like the american and canadian union so you have to pay a bunch of dues to that and you also have to pay oh, dues man. for everybody who wants to be in your band so like i think i paid about 1500 canadian like to not do anything <laughs> right <laughs> just to not do yeah anything. i just gave i just threw money away that's literally oh, so that's how it started for me um but to be honest like i after that uh, run of shows i didn't have anything planned and i was kind of pretty tired um in general mm -hmm. so i was gonna not play shows anyways okay. for the most part so yeah. i feel like only up until like last summer or this past summer did i feel like oh i would like to play a show which right and so you said you played a show last mm -hmm. night and it was the record release yeah party party yeah how'd it go <laughs> uh was it fun yeah it was amazing like one of my favorite musicians Ciolina, played as well and she hadn't played in a long time so it was really great to see her play and yeah i had like a seven piece band with me which i think is the most i've had for my project which felt really great um, i i wanted to ask you about that how i've listened to your mm -hmm. record a lot and i i was just as i said i was running and i was listening to it again i was like i wonder how many piece band he's gonna need to pull this <laughs> off or yeah. you know then i started thinking the opposite or yeah you know can you just do it acoustically but it sounds like big band yeah at least for a hometown yeah right? yeah like most of the songs like i have done alone or could do alone um mm -hmm. but then there are other songs that like yeah don't make any sense at all to do alone. Right. um or like i would have to like really rearrange them which could be fun and like should maybe be more imaginative but yeah we had seven folks so we had a drummer a bassist another guitarist somebody playing keys and violin and then a singer and a f somebody playing flute and clarinet and then me yeah yeah so and then what what do you play what's your primary instrument at least live uh i usually play guitar and, and sing yeah or yeah like for this kind of stuff i also play synthesizer and bring out a bunch of samples mm. for like a different kind of show as well did you grow up playing one particular instrument uh, not really. Like I had piano lessons when I was young. I think a lot of folks or hopefully a lot of folks have that. I think it's useful, but, uh, I didn't really like it. I didn't understand why I'd had to learn theory. Nobody explained to yeah. me that if you learned 
certain things that you could write songs like that's i think i was more interested in creating probably even without no, sure. knowing and my sister was really good uh at piano so you know it's kind of a bit discouraging when your younger <laughs> siblings are really good and you're not um but after that i i sang in a choir for a bit in high school i didn't really like have like much of like a musical upbringing in that in that way i was like more of an athlete and did that and then like wrote songs and like performed a little bit um, but mm. oh yeah, the more I think about my childhood, the more I'm, I'm less surprised that I am a musician now because I was doing a lot of that kind of stuff. I was writing a lot of lyrics all the time and I was, you know, oh, very yeah. like sad and whatever. <laughs> um, right. so it makes sense. But at the time I was really like, I was, you know, I did, I played a bunch of sports, but then at the end when I was in high school and university, I played basketball and, and soccer a lot and yeah, yeah. pretty like competitively. I could see you on the sidelines with a piece of paper and a pen in your hand when you got taken out of the game, <laughs> brooding, writing a poem. I th- Great. <laughs> yeah, I think it was more like uh, in the one warming up, I was like listening to Feist while everybody else was listening to like whatever, you know, some something yeah. that actually pumped them up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, you had the show last night. Sounds like it went yeah. great. Um, do you have a tour planned now? You have more shows planned in Canada or the U.S. or the rest yeah, of the world? Um, I'm going to take a break for this month. And then in January, I'm going to, what am I? I'm also, I also play with other folks, so I'm going to try to not confuse everybody's uh, you know, plans. But I'm going to Fredericton, New Brunswick, which is where I used to live for like a really great mm-hmm. festival called Shivering Songs and playing a couple of shows there. Maybe doing a couple of things in February, where we'll see. But then in March, South by Southwest, and then a few other festivals in the oh, states. Cool. And then April, I'll be like doing like the Midwest and East Coast with L ten eleven, who are on Joyful Noise as well. They they were very nice mm-hmm. and invited me out for like two and a half weeks or something. So, yeah, great. And how do you hook up with Joyful Noise? Um, they reached out to me because we kind of like met. I don't know if you know the Festival Pop Montreal. It's a music festival in Montreal that is kind of like, yeah. it's cool because it kind of like threads the line between like actual just music festival and then kind of like has an industry side. But so I was invited uh, to take part in like a label session. So it was like, I think it was like six or seven artists with like seven record label execs. And um, I kind of just like asked all of the, label folks a bunch of questions about like i don't know it, it was kind of framed as like what you need to do to get on a label and then i was kind of like well what what do you guys do <laughs> like what can you do for us yeah. or like how are you solving this problem yeah. or how do you, what do you think about what's going on here and um jess who's at joe noise for some reason thought that i seemed nice <laughs> and oh, she good. she checked out my music and um Liam, who played on the record, uh, plays in Soons as well. And Soons are on Joyful Noise and good friends with Jess. So um, there was a bit of a connection. So she just reached out and said hi. And um, I'd, I'd kind of like a bit given up with labels after 10 years, to be honest. Um, and yeah. uh, as it goes, you know, somebody reaches out when you're kind of like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I had a... Uh... A drum record put out on Joyful oh, Noise, and okay. uh, I love Joyful Noise. I'm gonna check this out. I didn't know that. Surprise! Yeah. I'm surprised no one that. slipped that information to me <laughs> in the last week. It sold so well that <laughs> they thought they didn't. Have to yeah, yeah. It. They assumed that I would have already known about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, well, uh, I'd like to play mm-hmm. a song. I believe it's called Come yes. You. C O M M U U. C O M. C O M U U. It's Sorry. it's again. It's not a word, so I will never begrudge oh, okay. anyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna play this tune. Here we go. I feel I just feel weird about that song. I, I like the uh, I wrote that song on a keyboard, and uh, I think the only justification I have for it for it existing is the drum parts on it. And so mm-hmm. playing it live now without all the drum parts feels like a bit like the, I'm like why why is this happening? <laughs> um, and does it have two drum parts too? To, or to, recorded two tracks on that on this on the actual recording it's like yeah uh there's like five per- drums and percussion parts so it's like okay. yeah it's a lot going on it's such a great repeating loop i have mm-hmm. listened to it a lot um and sometimes when i was listening to it i would forget and then i'd go oh it's a loop that's why it's so hooky but then i'd forget <laughs> it it's very it's really interesting nice. i mean i think of over the whole mm-hmm. record there's a lot of interesting 
looping things and it doesn't sound like a modern day loop it's just like a yeah. phrase that is repeated and sometimes slightly off and it's that's right up my alley that oh, kind awesome. of music it's yeah. it's really cool oh well i'm gl i'm glad yeah i'm definitely like at the time i was super interested in that and like what repetition did and i listened to a lot of re repetitious music um maybe even more so like like not but more instrumental music that was repetitious um and just you know mm -hmm. how like interlocking melodies and rhythms can like become very interesting as they as they progress i think in the future if i do that i'll like write m different lyrics so it's easier to remember but um <laughs> yeah like i don't know it i think like that song is like a good blueprint for stuff that i want to do next in terms of like drums and percussion i think like not that i'll yeah. make a drum record but i definitely want to make things with more than just a drum kit yeah i hear right. a lot of things in my head even just listening to other people's songs that i want to add so yeah it's like uh steve reich pretty much you know, yeah it's like, and uh terry riley and those guys you know those mm -hmm. modern composer guys um and yeah when i say pretty much not that my song is like them <laughs> that's the same idea. no i understand yeah, <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> like much. yeah it's I mean, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um the other thing that i kind of comes to mind which i find interesting about the record overall is when i first heard you singing when i first started listening to the record i could only think of like 80s british new wave kind of crooner whoa guys. interesting okay yeah like spando ballet xtc i don't know any of these bands this is really yeah, cool it, there was a is kind of like mm -hmm. the new wave almost crossover into mm -hmm. pop like broad pop it wasn't like edgy new wave and there were <clears throat> excuse me there were real uh, some real crooners in that mm -hmm. in that and uh your voice it it reminds me a lot of oh, that awesome i'll take that i'm gonna have yeah. to check some of these bands out yeah check it out xtc it's mm -hmm. a, it's really lush and uh it's interesting that you've you haven't heard much of that i hope that you can delve yeah into that i mean there. this happens this is not like an uncommon thing where I think because I didn't grow up in North America or Britain, um, there's just a lot of musical references mm -hmm. that I don't don't have. And I have other, you know, a lot that people, you know, in this part of the world don't have. Um, but um, yeah. it's interesting because I, pro you know, I'm probably influenced by those bands through bands that I listen to now, you know. Sure. And so it's just always interesting yeah, to like, goes. you know, kind of like do, dig back and be like, oh, okay. Like I see, you know, I hear that. Or every once in a while, like, I have no idea what this person is talking about, but great. <laughs> and also this, I mean, correct mm -hmm. me if I'm wrong, but this, this record seems to be self-reflective. And um, if you give it a listen as a whole record, my experience was that it was epic in the sense that you are looking at yourself or a person or a character kind of from birth to the present. It seems like a puzzle mm. to me you're putting it together. I never thought of it that way. I think that's pretty right. Like, that's a totally right way to look at it, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, did you have a, not necessarily a concept, but what, where were you coming from when you were writing um, the lyrics? I mean, it was definitely very intentional. Like, there was, like, every record I make, mm -hmm. there is a point to it or a theme. And I, like, I usually have the title before the record 
is written or like in the at the start of it um so like hank, hank yeah like hank down was one of the first songs i wrote for the record so i had the title right away i tend to not ever write down lyrics ever i just kind of play and sing at the same time and that tends to be the song and i'll like maybe do some editing afterwards but i was more intentional this time because i wanted to write about being black and i wanted to write about being adopted and i wanted to write about the scene music scenes that i was in and like how weird it was for a while for me um so it was like yeah in that way it was very intentional and yeah so i think that was kind of the concept was i guess identity which i think that's has been told more to me than i had told myself you know which is interesting because like to me every record i make is like about identity because i'm just usually writing about myself um sure. and and i usually you know i think of every record i make as kind of like the whole so that's the whole story you know like this is maybe like this isn't a book mm-hmm. maybe this is more of a chapter but yeah i think if there's a theme it's like this is the identity record <laughs> yeah that makes sense and i hope this isn't offensive I'm, you ready for this? very excited now <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the first line of the song Born, and it's mm-hmm. when I was born, I was thrown mm-hmm. in the best way, right? That is a very funny lyric to hear for the first time. Like, like because physically thrown? It's funny. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> That not, probably wasn't no, intentional. Not but... offensive. I think that's hilarious. And then I and then I listened <laughs> yeah. further, and I mm-hmm. got the yeah. better understanding. But just the very first time I heard it, and now every time I hear it, I remember the first time I heard it. It's... So I it's not that's, a, that's no, I, it's not enjoyment. It's really funny. <laughs> and just a baby being thrown. And <laughs> and what in the best really way? Like funny, what does yeah. that mean? And then in that way, I know yeah, that's yeah. it's just so yeah. <laughs> I just kind of feel like, you know, when I, I was a baby that was dropped. But yeah, was and like, yeah, how somebody would interpret it the best way is interesting. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, and so how long did you, did you make this record over the last couple of years, like a lot of people made records, or have you been working on it longer? Uh, no, sure? like this record was done before the pandemic. I've been working on other stuff, and I've like put out other stuff and worked on other stuff since then. Um, 2017, 2018, I wrote it pretty much all mm-hmm. every song. And then when I moved back to Montreal, my friend Steve and I, Steve Newton, who engineered and mixed the record and helped produce it, um, he got access to a studio called The Pines. Sadly, is no more, but. I was kind of like the guinea pig for him of like, you know, seeing if the studio works and we expected it to take much, a much shorter amount of time. And it took about a year to record and, and to mix and everything. So yeah, it was done January, 2020. It was like sign seal delivered. And did you, um, did you play most of the instruments? Yeah. Yeah. You did. Or all of the instruments? No, like I didn't play any drums. The only drums I played is like at the end of Allies, like whatever that the crazy stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, like I I wrote a lot of the sort of basic drum parts and then Liam um who played drums on the record kind of like, you know, took it took it from there. Um and then Yeah. Yeah, there's my friend Tim Crabtree plays some piano and then uh you know, there are different singers as well, which is great. Yeah. And then, yeah, my friend Isaac Valentin played some guitar. I think that's... Okay, so, yeah. yeah there's there, a Yeah, there's, like, a few... There's a collective. Yeah, there's a bit of a collective, but um, somebody told me that, like, they were like, wow, there's a big list of collaborators on this record. And, like, to me, I was like, it's a really short list because nobody really 
I didn't let anybody do anything really. <laughs> um, compared to like what I'm, you know, have done since then. Like, I think it's a pretty short list, but I heard the record in my head. So it was like important for me to like get it all down myself. Mm. Yeah. There's so many cool nooks and crannies in the production. Um, and that's one of my favorite things about the record. Mm, and especially the second half of that song, Cozy. Oh, yeah. Which is just... I don't know what it is. <laughs> Tape's just rolling. Yeah. But there's a little, like, something that sounds like it could be a um, click track or something in the distance. Or I don't do know. Do you want to know is. what there's, it is? Or do you... Uh, sure. Okay, yeah. I don't know. If it's like... Because I've... It won't spoil. Re- it's just... It's so ambient, and it's like nothing, but it's... It, it, I'm stuck with it. Yeah. It's interesting, because I've seen a few people interpret what it is, or assume what it is mm-hmm. and because i know so clearly what it is and it's such a familiar sound that yeah like, i'm like whoa, whoa like i couldn't i can't hear it like that at all but um so when i was living in ottawa i was living at my parents place it wasn't uh, a place that i grew up or anything it was just a place that they'd had for a few years in the basement there's kind of like the fire furnace for the for the basement so that was the sound of it and i i lived in the or i slept in that room for a while so it was a very familiar sound and i thought why not have i like having you know ambient sound of the places that you're in uh recording um or recorded onto onto the album so that's kind of what it is it's kind of like wood burning but then also like hitting the glass as well i think yeah all right that makes sense Um, now yeah, so I just, I don't know. Now when I listen to it, I can, I, I remember I like hit record and then I was like behind the bed, like on my knees listening to it. I don't know why mm. I did that. Oh yeah, I did that because I wanted to be far away to say thanks, bye. Oh, okay. I think something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. And, I, and there's a lot of neat things like that throughout the record. It's very fun and easy to sing along with. It's very hooky and it's great awesome all those melodies are really nice yeah i don't like very plain melodies or melodies that are very um that are too easy uh so i yeah i I try to i try to find stuff that feels interesting but maybe a bit familiar if that's possible yeah Yeah. it works (laughs) really works um you listening to any cool music these days anything you can't get off your turntable as it were yeah if i i i now do own vinyl but i, I don't have a turntable um mm-hmm. <laughs> uh i'm more of a tape person uh, weirdly but oh, yeah really? um yeah i've been listening a lot to my friend luca koplowski he's like a songwriter mm-hmm. from toronto it's kind of like jazzy songwriter genre i've been a fan of his for a long time and we've played shows together but i've yeah it's the next thing that i'm working on it's like been a good like uh guide for that um which has been nice and then um also like the new hand habits record kind of like pulled me out of not liking indie rock <laughs> yeah it kind of right. helped me like my record again to be honest <laughs> that's good not that i hated it or anything i just go through phases and i was really into a lot of ambient music and experimental music and a lot of sort of quieter music as well more delicate things and so um i found listening to the sort of indie rock a bit hard um but then the new hand habits record really brought me up brought me back yeah all right and they're great well thanks to them you're back <laughs>
All right. Well, I'm gonna let you go, but I have one, I have one more question for you. Yeah. What are you looking forward to in the next year? Uh, so many things. I'm I'm leaving my job for a while, which feels amazing. And touring is going to be fun. Um, I'm going to be playing in some friends' bands as well. Yeah, I'm just excited to, you know, if all is allowed, to just have a bit more of a life, which will feel nice. Yeah. yeah. And, this, you know, and then to see my parents. I haven't seen them in quite a long time. <laughs> That'll be nice, you know. <laughs> all right. All right, well, it was nice talking to you, man. Yeah. I appreciate you taking the time. Likewise, Joe. I really appreciate it. Hopefully you're going to play in Seattle. Yeah. Uh, I've never been to the West Coast of North America, and I was mm. offered some shows on the West Coast, including Seattle, for around this time, and I couldn't do it. And I was really bummed, mm. and I just really want to make it out to the West Coast. So Yeah, come to the West Coast. It's the, be it's the best it's coast. <laughs> <laughs> it's in my sights for, for next year, for sure. All right, I'll look for you. Or if I'm on tour, I'll look for Please you do. some more. We could yeah. run into each other at a gas station <laughs> or a festival. Yeah. yeah, let me know. It'd be great to meet you. Um, all right. Cool. Well, if you travel, travel safe. Thanks. And good luck with the record. It's great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right, I'll talk right. to you later. Bye. Bye. One, two, three, four. I look down on the stairs. You act like you Bad reaction to fate A sad retraction of shame I let down the stairs You act like you weren't there A bad reaction to fate Every
Thanks. Bye.